Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. actually shared a memory yesterday on Facebook, August the 2nd. Yesterday made 24 years since I was in my car accident. And what I put on my uh, testimony that I posted years ago and I just like reshared it, but Bible quizzing played such an important part in my life growing up. And I didn't realize how much I needed it until I was older in life. And I had really strayed from the way that God wanted me to be in the spot. I wasn't in the right spot with God. And it was a certain moment after this car accident that these thousands of verses I had learned just flooded my my mind. And I was actually at a Bible quiz uh, tournament one time when the preacher got up and said, God can't remind you of something that you've never learned to begin with. And he reminded me of those verses I had learned. And um, I'm thankful for this ministry. And one reason I'm really thankful for it is the friendships that I have developed over the years. And um, still, I go to these tournaments and I see people I quizzed with, you know, 35 years ago. And it's so neat to reunite with them. And now I'm watching my children and the, and the students of this church make those connections. But it also gives me this opportunity to connect with the students in this church. I know even with a church this size, you can't always, everyone doesn't get an opportunity to connect with everyone. So sometimes that's what small groups are good for and different things we get involved in. For me, uh, my thing's Bible quizzing. I like to do different things, but probably my major focus or emphasis would be the ministry of Bible quizzing. And I love it because of what it has done for me, but I love it for what it is doing for the students. And I love it for the relationships that I get with your children. And I get the honor of introducing one of my friends from Bible quizzing that's going to be speaking tonight. Alec Melick started quizzing when he was 10 years old. And I didn't really know him that well. I mean, I knew he was this great young kid at the Anchor Church. But then after you get to be with these kids like hours a week (laughs) and practicing a couple times a week for years, you, um, you just, you get to know them better and you love them. You love all the good and the bad and they love all your good and bad. And that's what relationship is, right? And you get relationship with them. And Alec, I remember, he was pretty quiet, actually. I know y'all wouldn't know that now, but he was kind of timid. He was kind of quiet and didn't really like to talk in front of people. And I remember at first, he didn't even hardly want to buzz in because he kind of, he was just timid in front of people. And we were like, we all saw it early on. You all all saw it. God had a calling on him. There was He had giftings that he had equipped Alec with. And I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for the years I got to spend with him on Bible quizzing. He, he's so much fun. But he is now using all those scriptures he's learned. And he didn't just win these medal trophies. You see us getting up here showing you that our great, great quiz team has produced over the years. And he was part of all that too. But he went on and he's won eternal trophies. He has taken those scriptures and he shares them. He's winning souls. He's involved in campus ministry at Ohio University. He's involved at the church there. He's helping them grow their church. His ministry is just, God God is really using him. His ministries are exploding. I'm so thankful 
for the gift of Alec just this week. Sister Glover and I, I think it was Sister Glover and I, we were talking, one of the kids from Wisconsin was quoting, and we're turning around, we're like, he sounds just like Alec. Um, some of the words that we used to work on pronouncing, <laughs> and he was sounding just like you, and he was quoting, and um, it was really awesome. And I'm thankful for the memories, but I'm more excited and more thankful to just sit and watch what God is doing in your life. We want to welcome Brother Alec Melick to the pulpit tonight. We love you, Alec. Praise the Lord, Anchor Church so good to be with you this Wednesday evening. Thank you, Sister Bounds, for all those kind of words. That really meant a lot. And it actually gave me an opportunity to get to know our First Lady, to spend so much time with her and get to truly know how real you are and how righteous you are and how holy you are and how true you are and how I wanted to be more like you. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, uh, I will also say I remember getting a few uh, flip charts and tissue boxes thrown at me in my day in Bible quizzing, you know, I'd, I would make the same mistakes again and again and again and again, and sometimes I didn't see it coming either, and so, uh, but she also was very good, she pushed me to be better, that honestly was one of the things I valued so much, was she pushed me to do better, and to not just settle for, okay, well, I did okay, no, you can do better, you're better than that, you can do more than that, and I value that so, so much. Thank you once again. But I'm so thankful to be in the house of the Lord and so thankful for this opportunity to be able to speak to you all. Thank you, Pastor Bounds. Thank you, the ministry. And I'm just going to give a quick update. Um, I've been able to intern here uh, at the Anchor Church, and it has been such a cool opportunity. I've been able to help with the maintenance. I've been able to help with the carpet, with the painting, with everything that I can do. And, and it's just so much fun, and I so enjoy it. And if you ever get a chance to try and help out in the church, if you ever get a chance to try and do something do something for the church. We always need help. We always need people. And we would enjoy it and appreciate it so much. And I've enjoyed it so much. And uh, Jesus' name. You ready to get into the word? This is the Wednesday night crew. This is the crew that's here that, that is here to hear the word. Amen? Amen. Let's go to Romans 12, please. Romans 12. Romans 12 and verse 1. When you're there, say, I have it. I am, I am more of a teacher, uh, so I will be teaching here tonight, so I may not get as loud, uh, but just stick with me here, and I promise, the, I, I believe in prayer that the Lord has a very specific word for us and a very pertinent word for us tonight, and I intend to deliver that here in Jesus' name. Uh, 12 verse 1 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service verse 2 and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is anyone else glad that we've been not that we weren't just conformed to the world but we've been transformed that we were made new we haven't been left the same way that we were but God changed us and made us more like him amen we are less like who we were because we want to be more like him I must decrease why so that he can increase amen let's go ahead and pray Jesus Lord we love you God 
Your word is so powerful. Your word is so incredible. It is a breathing, living thing in our life, God. And I pray that your word would come forth tonight. I pray that your word would minister in this room, God. I pray that your word would be easy for us to understand, Lord. Unlock and open our eyes to see your word, God, to see your truth, Lord. I pray that you'd allow your anointing to flow out of me. I pray that you'd allow the anointing to fall in this place, Lord. Use me one last time in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. You may be seated. You may be seated. Um, Brother Tyler, if you could bring that up real quick. Thank you very much. You can just sit it right there. Um, when I was a kid, um, I was very imaginative. I don't know if you can tell by just how I act, but a lot of times if we're talking, you have to be careful. If I'm just saying, yeah, mm-hmm, okay, yeah, I'm probably not with you, okay? I'm probably somewhere else, and I'm probably thinking of something else, and um, it's, I, I daydream a lot, and, and I imagine, and God's blessing me with a creative mind, yes. Sometimes it's a curse, <laughs> because sometimes I can't focus, or sometimes I can't concentrate, and it's okay. I've learned to balance and learn to try and use it and hone it in, uh, but man, there were so many times where I would imagine myself in a different place, doing something else. And it really helps, honestly, with reading the Word. It's sometimes just a, a, a tip here. Sometimes imagine that you're in the Word. Imagine that you're in that place. When you're reading the story, sometimes it makes a whole lot more sense why Peter did what he did. Why did he deny God three times? Well, he had everyone around him telling him, are, are, are you, you were with Christ, weren't you? While well, he's staring at Christ being on the cross. Imagine being in his position. You probably would have done the same thing. And sometimes that imagination helps us to do that. But I would imagine things that didn't always matter. <laughs> I would imagine myself as a superhero. I would imagine myself as some hero or something. And one of my favorite ones to imagine myself as was Indiana Jones. <laughs> this was one of my favorites to imagine myself. I don't have the whole outfit anymore, but I had a leather jacket. I had the pants. I had the shoes. I had the little whatever you call that, the, I don't want to call it a man purse, but the man bag that he had on, you know. But I, I had the whip. I had the whip that you push a button and it made a sound, and it was so cool. It looked so fake, but it, looked so, it, was, it felt so cool to me, you know, the, the imagination of a child. And I had that hat. And I remember going around the house, and I would, like, practice a routine. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to jump over the couch. I'm going to do a barrel roll underneath the triceratops, and then I'm going to slide underneath the door before it falls down, and I'm going to make it, and I'm going to catch my hat at the end. And I would always imagine these crazy scenarios that didn't ever make sense. It didn't ever mean anything. And um, I would be around the house, and, and mom and dad would know, oh, yep, he's been Indiana Jones again. And, and they could just tell just by the way I was looking and the way I was acting. Yep, he's doing something crazy. He's doing something weird. And then if I'd go to, you know, my, my, my grandma's house and i put on this whole outfit, they'd be like, so who are you supposed to be? Because they could tell that there was something weird, something different that was going on. They knew something was up. So who are you supposed to be? And I'd tell them exactly who I am. I'm Indiana Jones. You know, I'm here to punch bad guys and everything. And honestly, when I was growing up, I so badly wanted to be Indiana Jones. People would ask me when I was a kid, they'd be like, well, what do you want to be when I grow up? I want to be an archaeologist. That wasn't really true. I wanted to be an archaeologist because Indiana Jones was an archaeologist. But I didn't want to be an archaeologist where I dig up bones and I go into and study in a lab or do something. I wanted to punch Nazis in the face. And I wanted, I wanted to go and, and, and get the girl and, and save the day and be a hero. I wanted to do things that were like Indiana Jones. And, and that was where my, my imagination would go. And so I would act 
like Indiana Jones. There'd be a lot of times where I'd put on a persona that wasn't really Alec, but it was Indiana Jones. It was something that looked different. Um, I remember one specific time I was at elementary school, and we were, it was recess, and um, there's a little back part at, in our playground that was all covered in vines, and it was real gross, and there was trees growing up and overgrowth all over the place, and someone accidentally threw the ball all the way into all that overgrowth, and everyone was scared. You know, they, they said, there might be poison ivy in there, and everyone freezed. Poison ivy? Oh my gosh, that's going to kill us if we touch it. It's, we're going to die, you know. And so everyone was scared. And I said, oh, I'm not going in there. I'm, I'm too scared. And someone said, I thought you tried to act like Indiana Jones. I remember a kid said that to me. And immediately I was like, I am going to act like Indiana Jones. And I just, I walked through and I got the ball and I came out. It, when someone called me out on it, it caused me to change how I was acting to act more like how I knew I should be acting. And it's the same way with us. We know that we should be Christians. We know the life that God has called us to, and we need to act like it. We need to be who God has called us to be. He's called us out of this world, amen? We shouldn't be looking like this world. He's called us out of the darkness into his marvelous light. So when people see us, we need to make sure that we act like it. We need to make sure that we act like the light that God has called us to. How can we be a light to someone if we ourselves are darkness? Amen? Let's go ahead and analyze these verses here in Romans. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies. Present your bodies. Present isn't a word that means begrudgingly give. Present isn't a word that is, well, if I have to. Present is, here it is. Present is, here, let me put a bow on it. Let me make it look nice. Let me give it to you willingly. Present your bodies. That is what we're presenting. We're not giving our bodies to Christ begrudgingly. We're not saying, God, I guess I have to give you this. I guess it's just something. We give our life to Christ willingly. We are happy to give ourselves to Christ because of all that he's done for us. Amen? My life is not my own. He died for me. Nobody else did that for me. Nobody else gave his life for me. Only he did. So I will gladly give my life to him. What's the next part say? Uh, present yourselves, present your bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. What does that mean? Die daily. Paul said, I die daily. What is the, what's the practical representation of that? Repent. Repent every day. Kill your flesh daily. Kill off your own desires. Kill off your own uh, uh, intentions and take on God's intentions. Take on God's desires. Allow God to fill you. That's part of you decreasing so that he can increase. Amen? I'm going to take his will instead of my own will. And that's what it means. The hardest thing about being a living sacrifice, it's easy to die. The hardest thing about being a living sacrifice is you can get off the altar at any time. Because we live this life, God has given us the power of choice. Power of choice means we can choose tomorrow to not live for God. We have to choose every day what we are going to do. We have to make up in our mind. We have to plan to live for God. I uh, heard it said many times, if you, don't, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. We have to plan every day. Today, I'm going to live for Christ. When you do your morning devotion, today, Lord God, I'm going to be who you've called me today. Today, Jesus, I'm going to continue to serve you, not just for one day, not just one commitment a long time ago, but I'm going to do it every single day. That is, is, is part of being that living sacrifice. Um, you have to feel, part of being a living sacrifice is feeling the pain of being sacrificed. When something is sacrificed, it's being stabbed, it's being burned, it's being killed. Something is happening to it that causes it pain. Being a living sacrifice is painful. 
but we have to do it. We have to be a living sacrifice for God. Why? Because when he's burning us, when he's cutting us out, he's cutting the bad stuff out of us. He's burning the bad things out of our life. When they burn metal, they're trying to get all the impurities out of it so that they can have something pure, so that they can have something holy. I want God to burn all of the impurities out of my life so that there can be something holy, so that there can be something that's righteous. I have nothing righteous in my life. He's given me everything righteous. If, if anything good comes of my life, it's only because of God. It's because I denied myself and picked up my cross and did what God told me to do. Jesus' name. Verse, uh, oh, sorry, not done with that verse yet. Which is your reasonable service? Kind of already stated this already. It is your reasonable service to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Jesus died for us. Jesus gave all so that we could have life. He ended his life for us so that we could live our lives for him. He gave all so that we could give all. He gave everything so that we could give everything. It's nothing for me to give back to God. No matter what he asks me to do, it's nothing. Even if he never blesses my life ever again, I'm still going to serve God. I'm still going to be who God has called me to be because I want to be more like him. Amen? Amen. Uh, I'm going to go back to this phrase here. Holy, acceptable unto God. Holy, acceptable unto God. Obviously, being holy and acceptable unto God, we do things that are righteous, we please the Lord. But a better understanding of that is when God says, be ye holy, for I am holy. What's the word holy mean? To separate. To be separated. So if God is saying, be ye holy, be ye separated, sometimes that feels lonely. Sometimes we have to isolate. Sometimes, oh, we have to go. But Jesus isn't saying, be ye separated by yourselves. He's saying, be ye holy. Why? For I am holy. For he is separated. So when we separate, we're not separating just to be by ourselves. We're separating to be with God. We're separating to be in his presence. We're separating to be with Jesus. So he's not trying to just say, you need to just be by yourself. He's saying, be with me. Come where I am. Be where I am at. Jesus' name. Holiness is so much easier when you understand that I'm going to be separated unto God. I'm not going to be separated because we have to be separated from this world. We have to be. If we want to be effective in, in what God has called for our lives, we have to be separated from the world. So thank goodness we're not separated to be by ourselves. We're separated to be with Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. It is easy to conform to this world. I've been at OU. This will be my fourth year coming up. And it is very easy to conform to this world. They make what is true into a lie. The Bible says that they, they would take the word of God and make it a lie. It is so easy to, to get caught in the snares and caught in the loop and caught in, in the deception. There is so much confusion in that atmosphere. And it's very sad. And it's, it's very pushes me to try and do more but uh, it, it, it honestly it's very easy to see how they have taken the truth of God and turned it into a lie where what is right is actually wrong and what is wrong is actually right and anything time that you disagree well then that means you hate us and you do this and, and so you have to be very careful and very vigilant but you also have to stand for God you have to stand for what you believe because if I don't stand how will they know that I have God if I don't stand for what is right and stand for what is true how will they know that I have anything? Ultimately, if you work with people and you have people in your life that aren't saved and they don't know the truth of God and they don't know the truth of Christ, how can they know that what you're living is any better if you don't act like it is? 
If you always act like, well, this, I, all these terrible things are happening to me, nothing good ever happens to me. Look at the positive. Look at what God has done for our life. Focus on what God has done. It's going to be so much more easy to be positive. And when you're positive, people are going to see that and say, what's different about you? Why do you act this way? Why do you uh, present yourself this way? Why are you more happy and when these things happen? Now, let me, let me be practical here. Uh, something happens at work and everybody's angry. Everybody's upset. Everybody's, you know, somebody's kicking something. Somebody's hitting somebody. Somebody takes it out on somebody else. Bible says, be angry and sin not. It's okay to have emotion. You don't have to bottle up your emotion and cut off your emotion. It's okay to have emotion, but control your actions. Control what happens on the outside. You can have this thing inside of you, and then you go to God, and you say, God, this is what I got. This is, what I'm, this is what's making me angry. This is what's getting me here. And then on the outside, you show the love of God. Even though you're angry, even though you're not happy, show the love of God. And when people see that, they'll see, wow, they didn't respond like everybody else did. They didn't act like everybody else did. And they will come to you and say, what is different about you? Just like people would come up to me when I was dressed up like Indiana Jones and acting like Indiana Jones, they said, what are you doing? People will inquire. People will inquire when you do something different. People will inquire what is different about you when you act different. Once again, how can people know that you have salvation if you don't act like you do? If you don't even try and present yourself like you have something that's greater than what the world has, why would anyone want to come to you anyways? You have to be hope. You have to be a light. You have to be something in this day and age. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, uh, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we're not supposed to be conformed to this world. We're not supposed to act like this world, but we're supposed to be transformed like we had just said earlier, so that we can be different, so that we can be made new, so that we can be changed. Why? Why do we need to be transformed? Why do we need to be made different? That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let your life and your story be proof that God is good. Let what God has done in your life, Brother Gene, let what God has done in your life be proof to others how good God is. I don't need the glory. All the glory is to him. I'm standing here today because of God. I'm here not because I was good, but because he was so good to me. I go to a college. I go to a college where it would have been so easy for me to just to conform to the things of the world. It would have been so easy to just slip into that, but God saved me from that. God protected me. God put a church there to help me in that time, to be able to sustain me and be able to keep me strong. And I praise God and I thank God for that every day. And let that be a testimony for you that God will take care of you. No matter where you go, God is going to be there. God's going to make a way. God's going to make sure that you're taken care of. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to bring you to a challenge that he can't bring you through. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let your life be proof that God is good. Honor God in all things. In everything that happens in your life, honor God. Say, God did this. God is the one who made this. Because he is, amen? If anything good happens in my life, it's because of God. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to go here. Give me one second, sorry. Um, People should be able to tell that you are different. 
people should be able to tell that there's something that's different about you've heard me say this many times but I really want to drive this point home because if we aren't different nobody knows that we have salvation in us nobody knows that there's anything to even inquire to us about people should be asking us why are we different why is there something different about us I'm not saying the story to bolster myself I'm saying the story as an example um, I it was the first day of classes last semester and I walked in and um, there was a computer lab and I came in the back and I sat down I didn't know the guy next to me uh, he looked a little bit funny but you know nonetheless it just was just trying to be nice saying hey how you doing what's your name you know I'm Alec he introduced himself said some things and he just kept mumbling he just kept like uh, even during class he just kept saying like mmm, blah, blah. And I didn't know what he was saying most of the time but I was just like okay cool you know whatever and I just kept listening and hearing what he was saying and responding here and there and eventually he started talking about you know his own personal life I you know I just asked him you know like where you're from you know how long you live there what's what's been going on and he started talking about you know his family and he started talking about how you know uh, he he, is, he hasn't seen his mom in forever and they're kind of distance now and they have you know some things and some tension between the two of them and and how there's a lot of things in his life that he doesn't know are going right his dad's you know kind of on drugs and and he doesn't have any money to support himself in college and all of these things he started spilling out this was the first day I met him this was just me coming in sitting down first day of class and saying hey my name's Alec it's not that hard to reach out people want to talk people want to talk to people who will listen and and even just in that moment he said I don't even know why I'm telling you all this and oh my gosh I was like those are the words those are the words that they say everybody's gonna say is I don't know why I'm telling you I was just like well yeah man I don't know that's crazy can I get your number you know and so I ended up making that connection and uh, we've been good friends ever since we helped each other out in school and and we've been you know doing little bits here with Bible study and whatnot and I believe that God's gonna bring that to fruition I believe that God's gonna do a work in that in Jesus name But we have to have, we have to, we have to be different. The only reason I believe that he truly opened up like that was there was something different about me. What was it about the anointing? The anointing was poured on the priest, and that as they would come into a room, everyone would know that's the anointing. That's the anointing of God. Part of it is yes, it was a sweet savor. Yes, it was a sweet aroma. But it changed the atmosphere just because they walked into a place, and you can smell something's different. Something has changed, and we have to be connected to Christ to the point that when we walk into a room, when we go into a place, that people can sense that there's something different, that there's something that has changed when we enter that atmosphere. A really easy way to do that is pray before you go. You go to work, pray. Say, God, be with me today at work. God, be with me today at school. God, be with me today as I go to the coffee shop. Be with me today as I go to the restaurant. Be with me. Walk with me. Just a closer walk with me. There's an old song. Just a closer walk with thee. Jesus grant it, as I plead. Daily walking close to thee, let it be, let it be. We have to have a closer walk with Jesus to the point where he's with us there in the room, where he's with us there in that atmosphere. And we have to be careful how we act. We have to be careful. I, I, I know I keep slamming that point, but we have to be careful how we act. Who are we supposed to be? I am a follower of Christ. I have, I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and I am a Christian. Uh, Pastor Bounds talked about it here not too long ago. They called them first Christians at Antioch. Notice, it didn't say that they called themselves Christians at Antioch. 
they were first called Christians at Antioch. To be a Christian, people have to tell you, oh, that's a Christian. That's a follower of Jesus Christ. That's someone who's following the will of God. That's someone who's doing something different than everybody else. Calling yourself a Christian is good. I don't think that's bad. But it's not as meaningful when others see that in you and see the love and the, and, the, and the peace of Christ in your life. When people see that, that is so much more meaningful. And you can tell how much more God is working in your life. People should be able to recognize that in our life. You will know a tree by its fruit. You will know by what it's producing. If we're producing hate, if we're producing anger, if we're producing wrath, if we're producing uh, uh, gossip, if we're producing things that aren't of God, people are going to know what kind of tree we are. We have to be a tree that produces life. We have to be a tree that produces peace, that brings down situations and doesn't try and escalate them up. We have to be people that bring love to situations, not hate. We have to be people that, that are patient with others. When people see that you're willing to be there even in the hard times, they will open up to you. When people will see that you're willing to hear those things and not just push them off, they'll be willing to talk to you about the things of Christ. We have been called to be different. We have been called to stand out. I'm just going to go to a few verses here. Um, Deuteronomy 7 and 6. You don't have to turn there, but if you want to, you can. Deuteronomy 7 and 6. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto, uh, unto himself. Above all people that are on the face of the earth. You are a holy people. You have been chosen by God to be here for this hour, for such a time as this. I believe that when God called us, the Bible says that he called us before we were even in the womb. He purposed us. He destined us. He made us to be who he's called us, Lord. He hasn't called us to some place where it's too high for us to be, but he has a specific plan and a specific, specific part for our, for our life. Later on in the same chapter that I was reading from in Romans, Paul talks about how there are many members of the body. There are many members of the body. Not everybody is a mouth. Everybody wants to be a mouth because that means you get to talk. But not everybody is a mouth. Some of us are a foot. Foot's kind of stinky. But some of us are a foot. And the foot supports the body. Blessed are the feet of them that preach the gospel. It's so important, even though you may not think of what you're doing for God or in the church or a part of it is anything, we all have to come together in his word. And when we do that, praise God, the body of Christ can function how it's supposed to function. The church can function how it's supposed to function, loving people and standing out in this end time and in this world. Uh, go ahead and go to 2 Corinthians 6 and 17. Just real quickly here. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separated, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. We have to be separated. We cannot touch the unclean thing. We cannot be participating in things that are unclean. We cannot be participating in the same sinful activities that end up in bondage. We can't be, end, we can't be participating in... So let me give you an example. If, if, bond, if alcoholism is a way of bondage... We can't be drinking alcohol. We can't be participating in those acts that lead to that bondage. Now, praise God, this is a Wednesday night, and I hope none of us are drinking alcohol. But think of it in, in smaller terms of sins that maybe you would see on the job or, 
participating in, in, in something like that. We cannot participate in those same things that led to the same bondage that they're trying to get out of. You cannot be a witness that way. Amen? Amen. Um, one more verse here. Um, 1 Peter 2 and 9. 1 Peter 2 and 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. If we were to be a holy nation, we were to be a separated nation. We were to be a nation that's separated from this world, and more and more it's easy to be separated from what this world is becoming. Just simply not doing things that the world does is an easy way to be separated from the world. But in this end time, we have to be separated so that we can be separated from the darkness, so that we can shine in his glory, shine in his light, and allow the world to see his light through us. Amen? Amen. One more verse here. Go ahead and go to Matthew 5, 14. Uh, we might actually start with verse 13. Yeah, we'll start with verse 13. Matthew 5, verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Salt is valuable because of its flavor. Salt is valuable because of the flavor that it gives to things. You are valuable because of the flavor that God put in you. Don't try and push down what God has asked you to bring out. Don't try and, and, and hide what God has given to you. Allow it to shine so that people can taste the flavor of it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. People can't taste it if you don't allow yourself to be open to it. Amen? Verse uh, 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. They put it under a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your, light shine, uh, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let people see your good works. Let people see the good things that God has done in your life and do good things to others. Amen? Actions speak louder than words. When you allow God's actions to come through you, people will see that. More than you just saying, oh, I'm such a holy person, oh, I'm such a good person, oh, I'm such a... Allow your actions to show the goodness of God. Allow your fruitfulness to, to bear something that they can eat off of, that they can depend off of, and they'll come back to you. They'll come back to you when they need another word from God. They'll come back to you, and eventually they'll come to your church, and they'll come to where you are, and they'll sit next to you, and they'll, and they'll receive what God has for their life. Amen? Amen. I'm about to close up here. Um, if, if the altar wants to come up or the uh, worship leader wants to come up, that would be wonderful. How can people know that you have what they need if you act and look the same as them? People knew, you know, that I was Indiana Jones because I looked and acted like Indiana Jones. People would look at a superhero and they know, oh, that's a superhero. Why? Because they look and act like a superhero. You have the power of Christ in you. You need to act and you need to look like that. Amen?
If you respond the same to situations, people will not see the light in you. Well, they're just as hopeless as I am. (laughs) If you're just as desolate about your life, if you're just as negative, if you're just as pessimistic, if you don't see the light in anything, well, they don't have anything for my life. They're just as bad as I am. They're not doing anything better than I am. And it's not to say that our lives are perfect. It's not to say that our lives don't have messes, but we have hope. That even when we do have messes, we at least have a light that we can hold on to. We have Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, who loves us and who's given us a new name in his word. Hallelujah. Praise God. You have to look like hope. Hope doesn't act out of anger. Hope doesn't hide its light for nobody to see because they're too ashamed. Hope doesn't join in on the same sinful activities that everyone else is doing. Hope is different. We have to be different. You are the light of the world. God has set you on a hill so that you cannot be hid. People will see your light if you let it shine. Let that light shine out of your life. Don't be ashamed of it. When people come up to you and they ask questions and they try to inquire about you, don't try and say, oh, I don't really go to church. It's not really. Be open about it. Be honest. People are looking for something that is real. In a world where there's so much that's fake, in a world where there's so much that, that isn't, it doesn't even mean anything, it's all meaningless. Uh, the Bible says, to, to, Jesus gave the parable, don't build your house on the sand, build it on the rock. What is the rock? His word, amen? When people build their life on the sand, what does that mean? When you pick up sand, it's, it can just fall right through your fingers. People are building their lives on that. People are building their lives on things that slip right out of their fingers. They think they have prosperity, they think they have hope, they think they have friends and all these things, and just when they need them the most, those storms of life come and it slips right out of their fingers. And I just, I can't get this out of my head. I go to a whole college, there's about 20,000 people that are there that live like that, that have that in their life where it just falls right out of their hands. And I'm here, I am standing on a rock. The storms of life are hitting me, but thank goodness I'm still here. Thank goodness I'm still who God has called me to be. I'm still in his word. I'm still in his truth. But I want to help those people that are lost. I want to help those people that are living on that. That just, it's just, it's sickening to me. It's almost sad because of how quickly it can dwindle. How much you think, I, I had a friend. He, he looked at me one time and he said, you know, I, I couldn't, couldn't believe in Christ, couldn't do these things. And he said, so I tried to believe in this. And he pointed to an American flag. He said, I tried to believe in this. I tried to let this be my religion. And he said, but this is corrupt. He said, this, is, this fails. The Bible says that, that if you store, don't store your treasures on earth where moth and dust corrupt it, but store your treasures in heaven where it can last for eternity. And that's what I was trying to tell him right there in that moment is, yeah, that'll fail. The American flag will fail. I love our government. I love America. But it will fail. God will never fail. God will never leave us nor forsake us. God is never going to turn his back on us. God isn't going to try and push us aside or cast us out. But God's going to bring you in. God's going to give you hope and give you peace like you never knew before. And we have have to share that with this world. We have to share that with the people of this world. You telling everybody that you're a Christian is not as meaningful as everyone else recognizing 
that you are a Christian, recognizing the love of Christ in you. Let people recognize that. Let people see that in your life. Um, tonight, I just feel for the altar that if, if, if you feel in your heart that you need some boldness, that you need some, some kick, you need some oomph, you need some, some Holy Ghost, you need some Jesus to help you to shine as that light as God has purposed and destined you to, I would invite you to come to the altars tonight. I would, I would implore you to not leave until you feel pretty bold, until you feel like you can walk into a restaurant and talk to somebody about the love of Christ, until you feel like I can go into my school and I can talk about how good God has been to me, until I can go to my work and, and, and be that light and be that example of a true righteous Christian. I wouldn't leave here tonight until I felt that in my spirit. In Jesus' name, if you want to come at this time, it would be wonderful to try and seek that in your life. I don't want to be like this world. I don't, want to, I don't want to allow my life and my legacy and who I am to just look like the rest of the world. But I want to be different. I want to be changed. I have to be changed. If I don't change, who will? If I don't save somebody, who will? Jesus, Lord, you save, Lord God. You are the one who adds to the church, Lord God. I pray that you would use us tonight. Use us in this place, Lord God. Help us, Lord. We want to be more like you and less like ourselves. Jesus, I must decrease so that you can increase. And when you increase in my life, Lord, there are blessings and promises that follow. When you increase in my life, Lord God, I don't have to be ashamed of who I am. But I'm happy because I know it's more of you and less of me. Jesus, I let myself be on the altar today, God. I let myself be a living sacrifice to you. Burn through me, Lord God. Tear out what is the old. Tear out what is the un ungodly, Lord. Tear out what is the unholy and let me be holy. Let me be holy with you. Let me be separated unto you, Lord God. I don't want to be by myself. I don't want to stand with the world, but I want to stand with you, Jesus. I want to stand next to you, God. I want to stand in your word and in your truth, God. Jesus, Lord, give me boldness, God. Let there be boldness that comes on my spirit, Lord. Boldness to preach your word. Boldness, God, to go into your school, God, and be who you've called me to be. To not back down, Lord God. To not quiver, Lord God. To not shake, but know that you will give me the words to say in that moment, Jesus. Help me to have faith and confidence, Lord, in what you have called me to do, Jesus. I pray that you would touch these people here tonight. I pray that you would touch your servants, God. Every last one of them, Lord, that I see your God, serving you day in and day out, Lord God. I pray that you would anoint them, Lord. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would put boldness over them, Lord God. Boldness to talk to the people that you've put in their life. You have put specific people in their world, Lord God. And I pray in the Holy Ghost, God, that you would anoint these people to speak to them, Lord. To talk to them directly, Lord. As friends and as co-workers, Lord. As people that are with them, as pupils, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would anoint them, Lord God, to go into those places and be a blessing to those people, God. That there would be no fear that there would be no fear, God, but that they would believe and know that you are with them, 
that they would know that you haven't just forsaken them, you haven't left them by the wayside, God, but you are there in that moment, Lord God, to touch them, Lord. God, don't let them be nervous. I know it's nerve-wracking. I know sometimes it's scary. I know sometimes you don't always know exactly what to say, but it's okay. God will support you in it. God is going to help you to find exactly what you need to say in that moment. And God's going to let his spirit be a drawing factor. Sometimes you don't have to say anything. Sometimes you don't have to say a bunch of fancy words. But sometimes the spirit of God that is in you will get in them. Sometimes the spirit of Christ that has been put in our life will pour out onto them. And they'll be able to feel that love. They'll be able to feel that peace. They'll be able to feel that joy. I pray that you would equip this church with boldness, Lord God. I pray that you would equip this church, Lord, with confidence and faith like never before, Lord, to go out and reach the lost, to go out and bring them into this house, bring them into their home, bring them into their lives, Lord God, and allow your word to be spoken and allow your truth to be made new in their life. Some of them have never heard the word of God before. Some of them have never known how good you are, Jesus, but we have... We've known it, Lord God, and we've been here, Lord. Help us, God. Help us, God, to go out, Lord Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.